Answer me this. Are you a morning person? Maybe an afternoon person? Perhaps you're a night owl. Perhaps you feel like you never really get, get moving. Well, regardless of how you would classify yourself, you deserve to have a morning routine that serves you, that sets you up for success. Now, before you, you start rolling your eyes and go, oh, I've, I've heard all about the morning routine stuff and all the things that we're all supposed to do and journal and meditate and yoga, and I just don't have time for that or I don't like it. Guess what? That is not what I'm going to tell you. Instead, I am thrilled to tell you about my annual free event coming up called Master Your Morning. And over the course of five days, 30 minutes or less each day, I'm going to teach you how to create your own unique morning routine based on two things, your unique personality type, and secondly, the realities of your home life, right? You may not have a lot of time for a morning routine, and that's what this free workshop is all about. So if you want to come join, head over to megansumrall.com forward slash master your morning. And I promise you at the end of it, you are going to have a completely different relationship with the morning. Hey friends, I'm really excited to bring Danielle Kent onto the podcast today. I got connected to her quite a while ago through a mutual friend and I am so thankful for the wisdom and guidance and support that she has been giving me and so many others through this pandemic that are really struggling with our role as a parent as we all navigate whatever this new normal is where now we're adding the role of homeschooler to our plates. And Danielle has just been a tremendous support of great tips and tricks that are helping me and the entire community really get a better handle on how to keep that juggling act between parent, homeschool, being able to work, being able to provide for our children the way we need to right now. So I'm excited to have her on today. My biggest takeaway is that I am no longer using the phrase homeschooling right now, and I can't wait to hear what your biggest takeaway is. Welcome to the Work-Life Harmony Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Sumrall. I'm a former techie turned entrepreneur. I'm also a mom and a wife. And just like you, I'm juggling hashtag all the things while running multiple businesses and a family. Being a successful female entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to feel overwhelmed, exhausted, and stressed out. Gaining control of your time and calendar is all about learning a few key techniques and systems to better organize and structure your time. This is your show to learn from me and other amazing women how to master your time and organization to skyrocket your productivity so you can have work-life harmony. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Work-Life Harmony. I am so excited because I have Danielle Kent here with me today. I will say I feel a little a little guilty because I've used this opportunity to bring her on the podcast to continue to reach out privately and be like, hey, Danielle, help me with this. Hey, Danielle, help me with this. <laughs> so I feel like I've got a lot of private coaching along the way. But Danielle, why don't you tell everyone about your background? And then we're going to jump in and cover some some practical tips to help all us moms that are juggling hashtag 
well, not even all the things. It's way more than all the things right now. Way more than all the things. Yeah. First of all, Megan, I'm super excited to be on that podcast today. I've listened to a couple of recent episodes and I love the style of your podcast and I love going live in your group last week too. I hijacked Megan's Facebook group. Make sure you join her Facebook group if you haven't already, but I hijacked her group and I had a lot of fun in there just talking about teaching during COVID-19 and how I don't really think it's homeschooling, it's crisis schooling and a bunch of other things, but I am a crisis schooling. It's crisis schooling. It's not homeschooling. It's not, it's just crisis schooling because none of us asked for this. None of us were prepared for this. None of us are trained in this. So we're just in a state of crisis. So it's crisis schooling. That, that one mind shift right there, like just gave me the chills. Like, you know what, that just released so much pressure on myself. Yeah. And I think you know, I'll get to my introduction in just a minute, but that what you just said right there, the pressure on yourself, you know, I think we're talking today a lot about letting go of balance. You, you and I both are on the same page. We don't believe there is such a balance with work life. It's integration. And right now it's, and always it's a juggling act. And so many parents, so many moms have so much guilt and pressure on themselves that they're not doing things right. They're not teaching well enough. They're not organized well enough. They're not prepared well enough. And I think everyone pictures that their kids should be doing the same amount of school that they're doing, they would be doing in school. And that's just not possible. It's not possible. It's not realistic. And so first and foremost, if you're a parent listening to this podcast, we are crisis schooling. Our first job is to keep our kids safe and to love them. That's your first and your main and pretty much your secure priority. All the academics are great and they're necessary to continue, but your job as a parent is to love your child. And that's what it's always been. That's what it's always so you're been. saying yesterday when I looked at the math worksheet and went sweet Jesus no and threw it away that's probably okay that's probably okay I do it. <laughs> you know what like when we come out of this and kids do go back to the buildings you know I'm being very optimistic for whenever that is the teachers are the ones who will pick up the academic reins and go from there you will have been all the one all along that your kid will trust you to support and love them the academics, somebody will come in and, and loop and figure the rest of that out. You do the very best you can. That's going to look different for everybody, but only you can love your child the way that you do. So that's what they really need from you. The academic stuff, that'll come in later. So I am a speech language pathologist as my title. I feel like it, it's an interesting title because the work that I do is so very little related to actually what's within my field, like an articulation and fluency the work that I do has been really focused over the last couple of years on supporting students with the or- the areas of organization and problem solving. And that's been the really big focus for me. You know, I've worked with students with autism and Down syndrome, syndrome, all the way to neurotypical students who just struggle with organization regulation. And it just has made me continually curious about mm-hmm. this area. Like, what can we do to do a better job to support these students and increase their independence so that we're not doing things for them? You know, my goal has always been, how can I get my, how can I lose my job here essentially so that they're so independent, they're doing it so well that I don't need a job So which, you know, and that ties so well into the workplace. Cause I know for me, you know, I, I had a career corporate career for a very long time and you worked my way up through the ranks and I had the pleasure of working at some companies that really invested in leadership and management training and some of the best I remember the best manager I ever had sat me down and he said, if I can't go on vacation for a week and everything runs smoothly with me gone, I have not done my job. And his whole point was, you know, you don't want to be the single point of failure, but I think so many people thrive on that. It feeds the ego. Totally. But I realized when you said that, I'm like, Ooh, I probably haven't done a very good job of that as a mom. 
so hard. It's just easier. I'm like, it's just easier. It's easier and it feeds our mom nurturing side because we're doing what we feel like we're nurturing, we're taking care of. And when they're little, I mean, they talk about, you know, birth to five is this governing phase where kids really need us to be doing a lot of the work for them. The next season is gardening where we're kind of like allowing them to flourish and grow. And then the next stage is more like influencing. So governing, guarding, influencing. And I forget what that's from, but as they get older, our need to do things for them should drop off. And it's hard because we're, we start off where they're completely dependent on us. And so there's no, there's no book. Okay. When they turn four, we need to be doing this. So, you know, a lot of it, we might just default to those early behaviors of just, I'm going to do this for you. It's, yes, it is easier. It's faster. And today's social media suggests that things should be perfect. Your kids should be just, you know, reading and writing and they should just be perfect kids. Everything should be perfect. Nothing should be messy. And that always, it always bothers me because I feel like all parents get in messages is like, things should be going perfectly for you. And I'm like, no, no. Parenting is messy. Being a person, wicked messy. Being a mom, so messy. And that's okay. And that's okay. No. And I think we all need to be reminded of that often. And especially right now, you know, I've got some dear friends who are thriving in this situation for them, the kids home, the kind of group learning together, that all being outside playing together, like to them, this is their dream and their happy place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, to me, this is my own private hell. Yes. And we are, we so are I'm people. sitting here going, what's wrong with me? Nothing. Exactly. And then I have to go, nothing everybody's wired differently and everybody has the different things that make them thrive that they love. And I remember the other day I shared something. I was like, I hate homeschool. Like I said it. And at least a hundred people were like, Oh my God, thank you for saying that. Like, I feel, I feel like I'm not allowed to say that, or I look like a bad parent. No, but that is the message, right? That is the message. You should, it's like when we tell moms, enjoy every minute. We're not really just, we're not allowing them to feel the feelings. Yes. And so the more you can just like in my post, I wrote this week on my blog, I wrote like, just talk to other parents and listen to each other. Don't find, try and find silver linings. Like, Oh, that's great. They read that book. No, just listen. Just listen. First and foremost, like connecting with ourselves and what we need. It's not selfish. You know, this really, and you preach about this, Megan, that, you know, it's not selfish to take 10 minutes for yourself or to, to, you know, block off time for you. Connect with yourself, connect with other parents and listen to each other. That's one of the ways that we can just sort of. Without comparing. Without comparing. comparing. Yeah. Just listening, just listening, right? Like I'm just listening and I'm just supporting you. That's, it's hard. It can be hard because we're wired to just like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. Like I don't, and sometimes if I'm just listening to you and just acknowledging you, I might get uncomfortable. But Brene Brown has an amazing video on empathy. The over- it is so, good. so yeah. good. But that's the heart of what we're in right now is like when somebody is telling you about how hard it is, please don't remind them about the silver linings unless they're like, hey, can you help me find the good in this? But really, most of us right now, when we're struggling, just need to be heard and just need to be able to share what, we, yeah. what we're going through. Exactly. All right. So I know we want to talk some because you and I were talking earlier about we both hate the word balance. Everyone's like, oh, how do I balance everything? You don't. The balance. Um, Yeah. Right now, you know, and I'm always talking about how to strategically manage all the things, Mm -hmm. but we have more than usual all the things right now. And it is, I feel like I'm the plate spinner, all the plates going all the time. What are, what are some tools that we can use, you know, first for ourselves as moms, second to work with our kids to release ourselves of some of those plates or some of those balls that we're juggling to go, you know what, I'm, I don't need to be June Cleaver and Laura Ingalls Wilder and, 
you know, Martha Stewart and all at once. Like, how do we let go of, how do we go? I'm going to let those eight balls drop and it's going to be fine. And my kids understand it. And we're all going to be okay with it. First of all is checking our own expectations. So kids starting with in preschool can do a lot of tasks by themselves. We just tend to continue doing the tasks. So one thing might be is just writing down tasks. Every Like you recommend doing time studies. I recommend doing task studies for your kids. What are you doing for your kids or doing in your home every day? And you might not even know this because some people are so hardwired. Every morning I get up, I cook eggs. I then I clean the bathroom. It, people are so hardwired, just like I know you see with time. But go through and do a task study. What tasks are you doing in your home? What do you and only you need to do? And guess what? On that list... <laughs> Probably pretty darn small. Very few, very few things that only you need to do. You making your kids' beds, guess what? Kids starting in preschool with, with some support and visuals can start helping put things on their bed and organize their bed. So go through and do a task study. Analyze what's really important for you. Like what on those task lists do you feel like mean a lot to you? So I know for me, doing a 15-minute tidy every day just brings me a sense of peace. Like I put yes. things away, it brings me peace. So while my husband could do it and probably would if I asked him, I get a sense of peace from doing that. So I want to keep that task. But other tasks, you know, there's a book called The The Manager Mom Epidemic, and it talks about how we just take everything on and we do it all. And it works until it doesn't. And so what this is doing is essentially saying, what tasks do you need to hold on to or really want to hold on to? And then you talk to your partner and your kids about the rest of the tasks. And if you don't have a partner, work with your kids. We can't outsource right now because of the pandemic, but normally I'll say outsource. If it's cleaning the house every day, outsource it, but really figure out what needs to be on your plate for tasks, especially for tasks that you're doing for your kids. I like that. And one of the things I was working with with some clients through a workshop the other weekend was telling them to do the same thing. Like write down, think about your week, put down everything that needs to get done, whether it's work, household, anything, like all of it in one big pile. And then go sit down with everybody in your household and go, chances are, if you put the name next to who does each one of those, your name, mom is probably next to 90% of it. Yes. Share that with your family and be like, I can't do all, you know, let's look at this together without the finger pointing because sometimes I get tempted to go right there. Yeah. What was really interesting was it led to a discussion of like things that I was doing. No one else in my family finds that important at all. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to ask myself, well, is this important enough for me to do it and not feel resentful because no one else cares if it's done but me yes. versus do I let this go? Yes. And like you talk about your 15 minute tidy for me. I hate the way my husband makes our bed. I hate it. So you know what? I'm just not going to complain about it anymore. I am going to make our bed because it matters that much to me, but I'm going to let my daughter do it her way. I cringe, yep. but I don't need to be doing that anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. And so- we've as a family decided to just let some stuff go because none of us, and, or when we ranked it, we're like, well, I can't do all of them. So I got to let something go. So what am I going to let go? Exactly. And I think with schooling, when it comes to schooling, look at what your role is in in schooling right now. And then, you know, in the, in the Facebook live, I had recommended some visuals, Mm -hmm. but look at some supports, what can be done to kind of phase your role out, especially the older your student is to try and phase yourself out as able with some strategies for the crisis schooling, essentially. And with the crisis schooling, I know this is something we talked about as well. You know, all of us, I wear a lot of hats. You wear a lot of hats. Most moms wear a lot of hats. Putting on a teacher was never a hat I thought I was going to introduce in my life, nope. nor was it one my, my daughter 
ever saw me as. And so I find myself having the same conversation a lot with her where I'm trying to get her, you know, started on an activity and I get the eye roll or the whatever. And I'll say, you know, would you talk to your teacher that way? Mm-hmm. And she'll say, no, but you're not my teacher. I'm going, but right now I am. And her response is no, your mom. Yeah. Any advice on how to, you know, how to introduce this new role for both yourself and be okay with it and with your kids because the, or is that unrealistic and you just got to deal with it? I don't, you know, I don't know the answer. I'm struggling with it a lot. Yeah. One thing I'll do is I'll, I often try and stay curious. So if I see the eye roll or something like that, I'll be like, tell me about that. What does that mean? Like the eye roll and things like that and stay curious and follow it and just label it objective. So objectively, like if you were just reading a scientific report, what would you be reading about the behavior? Because I think sometimes the eye roll and all that stuff, follow it and see where it goes. And then I recommend, you know, setting some norms between parent and child during these crisis schooling times. You know, if you're getting frustrated, if I'm getting frustrated, what do you think is a fair way for me to show my frustration? And I encourage parents to talk to their kids about their frustration and what the, how, you know, that they might need to take a break and, you know, making sure they model for their kids. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. Here are the ways we can handle it. Like I encourage you to teach kids how to be mad. That's one of my biggest things when I work with parents is teaching them how to be mad, how to be frustrated. Hey, I see you're rolling your eyes. This probably is really annoying for you. You know, tell me about it. Is, is it hard? Is it challenging? Do you need a break? Cause if you need a break, that's totally cool. Just let me know. But when you roll your eyes, I feel, and then offer what, offer what that does for you. Like, well, how does that make you feel? And that's going from that perspective. I think our kids are, are also really overwhelmed and a lot of their extraneous behaviors are just kind of overflow of them navigating a lot of this. And some of that's just, you know, approaching middle school girl, figuring out, figuring out how, where it all fits in and how to navigate, like you're my mom and also you're teaching me right now. And so maybe if she's like, well, I don't need you to explain it. Okay. Well, here's what I notice when I don't explain it to you, you come asking me a couple minutes later. So let's just troubleshoot this together. What can we do so that you feel like I'm respecting you and you're respecting me and problem solving together? I like that. Cause it's make, it's reminding me of something that we just went through a few days ago where I feel like it was the first time I put myself in her shoes a little bit instead of yeah. just getting frustrated. Cause there was this video she had to watch and then there was this homework, that, you know, assignment with it. And she came in and it was just, I don't understand it. I can't, the video didn't answer my questions. So I mean, I'm frustrated. Like last thing I want to do is go sit and watch video, but geared up, went in, sat down and I put on this 15 minute video. I mean, it was three minutes in. And even I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like I'm an adult and I can't, like, I can't, I just looked at her. Yeah. And I was like, this is a snooze fest. Yeah. And she looked stunned. She's like, I can't believe you just said that. I can't yeah. believe. And I said, but it is. I'm like, this is God awful. We're not watching this. We're not doing this. And so much shifted there. Cause I think if I put myself in a role, I'm like, I'm in my late forties and I can't tolerate this. She's nine. Dear Lord. No. Yep. Yep. But it was the first time I gave myself permission to go. Yeah. We're just not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a win for both of us. It was a win for both of you. And I think some of those things I know, you know, I've read a lot about communicating with young kids and communicating with older kids. A lot of the behaviors that kids do that we, we call, you know, disrespectful are sometimes kids only way of getting our attention, good or bad. They really, they really mm-hmm. snapshot an attention grabber. And so sometimes just like taking the react, the emotional response out of it and just labeling it. I see you rolling your eyes. I hear you saying this, tell me more. Sometimes following that, they just feel seen and heard and they're going to talk to you 
about it. And I think that's where the relationship building comes in. And that's the main priority for parents right now is to just see and hear your kids as they are and talk to other parents and see and hear them as they are. I like that. No, that's, that's going to be really, I'm just, of course, I'm treating this like a selfish one-on-one, like, (laughs) no, but the thing is, I find myself saying all the time, you know, you're being disrespectful instead of calling out the action of, I see you're doing this. Help me understand why. Yep. That opens the door for a much better conversation than just the wall goes up. Yeah. I think when I'm really frustrated and I've had some teenagers who just will light up in a session and the, you know, I, some aggressive teenagers in a session and I'll obviously be safe. And if there's a one-to-one, but I'll just pull out a piece of notepaper and I'll start writing. They're like, what are you doing? I'll be like, I want to make sure I'm listening to you. You seem very mad. I'm just going to listen and I'll just start writing. And I'll start writing things down. And that for me, if I'm starting to get charged up about things, it just channels my energy to be like, okay, I'm just going to write down what you're saying. So that's another strategy. If they're, if she's getting really upset or, you know, first of all, Megan, if you're experiencing this, other moms are experiencing this. <laughs> I got to hope so. <laughs> if, 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 if your daughter is, you know, just like lighting up about things, just take out a piece of paper and start writing. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. when we've, when somebody is yelling towards us, we want to just defend ourselves and be like, that's not true. You're being disrespectful. Don't try and treat it as fact or fiction. Just be like, you're mad. I want to hear, I want to hear what's going on behind that. That's smart. Okay. I'm going to do that. So we've only got for most of us. And by the time this airs, maybe only a couple weeks left of crisis schooling. Thank you for that word. I mean, that's my gem from this entire thing is calling it homeschooling. homeschooling. Yeah. I am already starting to feel little anxieties in myself and I'm working with some of my clients as I look into June and go, okay, all camps are canceled. We have yet to hear if this, you know, the neighborhood pools probably will not be opening all the activities that I am used to being able to provide for my daughter so that I can get my job done and I can work and keep my business going. I'm now seeing all of those doors closing. And while crisis schooling is hard, it does give some sense of schedule and there are pockets of the day where there's independent learning, you know, and I've, it's taken me up till the near end of it, but darn it. I finally got a process that's working just in time for summer. What are some strategies you can think about now? Some States are starting to, you know, loosen up a little bit. It could turn around and get shut back down again in a nanosecond. We don't know what we don't know. What are going to be some good strategies when we look at this endless three months of, the usual resources we count on to help us be able to work while our kids are home, potentially going away. How do we navigate that? Yeah. So first of all, give yourself a heck of a lot of grace. I mean, I, I don't have a magic eight ball. I don't know what the summer's going to look like. I'm really, I'm realistically optimistic. That's what I call myself. Like I'm very, I'm feeling positive and I'm also a realist. I don't know what's going to happen, but there are a couple of things I'd recommend. So, you know, this is obviously depending on comfort level of each person, mm-hmm. but I'd recommend, you know, in our state in Vermont, they just relax the guidelines to gatherings of 10 or less, especially families that are following the same social distancing guidelines. Create a circle of influence for yourself with other moms or other parents and just see if you can create a system where the kids go to so-and-so's house on Monday and Wednesday and so-and-so's house on Tuesday and Thursday and your house on Friday or whatever it is and that you rotate so that everybody gets the fair share of, of supporting the childcare process. I like that. And especially if you're thinking about, cause I know what's important to me. I'm like, okay, even if they loosen that, I want to make sure if I do send her somewhere that they are following the right social yeah. distancing guidelines. And yeah. so I think maybe parents need to just, understand different people have different views on that. We need to respect that and be very honest about it. Yes. And just so to create, create some type of communication upfront 
about like, you know, where do you stand? And if they don't fall in line with what your views are, that's okay. Maybe they just aren't the right match for the summer for you and what your plans are. I'd recommend that kids as much as possible get out and play, play, engage in physical activity. We know physical activity can do a heck of a lot for our kids being outside and creating a screen time plan because we know with lots of endless time that can lead to lots of endless screen time, especially the older the kids are. And so just creating some realistic dialogue about screen time over the summer and yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, it's just going to happen, but making a plan so that, you know, nobody's on a screen for like six plus hours. It gets harder as kids are older teenagers because they're more independent and they have that ability. But as parents, you can just, as an influencer, you can just have a role and be like, Hey, I know you're going to have endless time here. Just try and get outside and move your body a little bit too and not just be on a screen for six, eight hours straight. Hey there, if you are feeling overwhelmed, like your calendar is out of control, like you are just running against a race that will never end in terms of your to-do list, I have great news for you. I have just done a complete update on my app. Yes, I have an app in both the App Store and Google Play called The Pink Bee, and it is chock full of small but incredibly powerful trainings to help you get out of overwhelm. It includes my signature Ditch the Overwhelm training, an introduction to my time management framework. It can help get you started on weekly planning, helps you understand the four levels of planning, gives you access to my epic One Notebook Challenge, and some tips and tricks on how to get your phone organized. And all of that is available for you right inside the Pink Bee app. So open up either your app store or Google Play, do a search on the Pink Bee, all one word, download the app. And then to unlock all of that training, it's only $4.99 US. I will see you inside the app. Yeah. And I know my sister with, even with her teenage boys, it was, they earned it with exercise. Yes. Yes. Go out and run and come home for every mile. It was, you know, X amount. And so it was kind of, at least there was breaks with that to actually get, get some exercise when normal options are gone. Yes. The more we can talk with, not at. So if you're just saying, don't do this, don't, don't do this, do this, do this. No talk with, let's talk about this type of stuff. And so creating a plan together with them. And again, you know, I'm in the process of creating like a summer problem solving program. So kids can have activities to do over the summer where they're problem solving. That's the kind of work our kids need to be, need to be doing. And they're going to have it day to day. Something goes wrong. How do I solve it? How do I solve it by myself? That type of work. Tell us about this program. I'm, I'm but, yeah. So I'm just in the throes of putting different developmental stages together, but it's like weekly activities. And if parents want packets, packets, but not every kid is packet driven. Yeah. And it's just going to be a series of activities and videos to watch during the week and things that they can do to target those problem solving skills. Oh, talk about awesome. Now that to me sounds like homeschooling. Not right. Practice. There's an, yeah, right. And yeah. it's all kind of functional activities and it's things that pop up in the kids that I work with that they just struggle to problem solve. And so I'm in the beginning stages of that, but that type of stuff at home as a parent, maybe setting up, you know, some chores, earning or activities for earning money or having them set something up. I mean, there's something called Bloom's Taxonomy. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-mm. It's a hierarchy of skills for learning. And it's at the very bottom is like essentially being able to remember information. So what is six plus six? That's 12. You know, that basic at the top is create. And that's where the magic is. When kids create around a passion area, they, they remember it like nothing yes. else. So engaging in as much of creation as you possibly can, setting kids up with, fun, not projects, because when kids hear projects, they're like, eh. 
when but, I hear it, yeah, right? <laughs> I can scream for the hills. No more projects. Yeah, pretty but, much. But you can phrase it however you want. Sometimes, you know, a summer summer dream plan or somewhere where they're like setting up something they're going to, they're going to work towards. I mean, I think giving kids something to work towards, but phrasing it as something fun keeps yeah. them motivated and going. I like that. One of the things we're doing that my husband and I've started. And again, cause nothing is normal right now. I'm a big believer that there is such thing as too much quality time. <laughs> and for my, for my introverted uh, friends out there, you know what I'm talking about. But even if you're not is we finally sat down. I was like, I, I need more breaks. And so we are, we've decided Saturdays will be the day that we do all the chores, like our weekend chores that the yard work, the, you know, the bathrooms or whatever, that it's divide and conquer between all three of us. So it's, you know, tag team and some chores she'll do with him, some with me, some by ourselves, whatever. But Sunday, the new rule moving forward is I don't exist. Mom is not here on Sundays. You need to be able to turn off and recharge from mom mode. Yep. And also you know, if you, if you are listening to this and you are the one that is doing the heavy lifting for crisis schooling right now, which is, you know, just with our situation and my husband's job, it just is what it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, that doesn't, you do need to treat your weekends different and you do need to have, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the word, you need some balance, but you need to have time off. Yeah. And so the sacrifice I'm making is Monday through Friday, because I'm managing crisis schooling. The sacrifice he is now going to have to make is Sunday. And so I, mom is not here on Sunday, which also means new opportunities for different problem solving skills with him because they're always going to come straight to me, you know, they do. Yes. And it's, and that's, again, I think it's part of the manager mom epidemic. We've always done it in the past, Mm -hmm. removing yourself so that you're not even there to just naturally step in as we want to do sometimes naturally step in. And I think the the thought of that, I'm like, I'm looking forward to Sunday going, Oh my God. Okay. That's going to be just knowing I have that out there. Yes is making the day-to-day getting there that much easier because there's a light. I'm like, it doesn't feel endless. <laughs> Sunday's coming and I don't have it's to do it. coming. I mean, you, you've talked about this, I think, before. You need to feed the mom you, mm-hmm. the wife you, and the you you, the Megan yep. you. And that Megan you, the, the you you is going to be different person to person. So yep. it's not selfish. It's not wrong. It's not weird. If the you you is like, I can't wait to be alone for six hours. Awesome. Then make sure that happens. If yep. you can, make sure that happens. No, that Sunday is now, it's, it's a 100% Megan day. Mom and Meg's is just, she's gone on Sundays. Moving I love forward. it. She's gone. She's gone. You know, and do I want that? You know, no, I'd, I'd love to have our life back to how it was months ago. But for now, in this situation, again, everybody's going to have to make sacrifices here and there. And what is a sacrifice for one person in the household is to benefit another. And then you flip it. And the next day, we just have to make sure it's not all us. Yes. All yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I, I love agree. that. All right. Any last minute, like I was really hoping Megan would ask me X question because you have such a great nugget to share. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off from your awesomeness. Right. Right. No. I mean, I guess one last question was, you know, do you have any final questions that you have that have come at you in, you know, in the lives and the, any, I think we've covered a lot, but is there any other overarching theme that you can think of? Aside from parents remembering this crisis schooling is, it's not normal homeschooling. Just remembering like you taking care of you and you taking care of your kids and loving them. Those are your priorities. That's what I hope people remember overall from this. Letting go of the balance. It's a juggling act. The, the, all the things. I think the biggest that we've heard, and I think you've touched on this some too, which is not, 
something I live with because I just have the one kid, but for the families that have the toddler, the elementary school, the teenage, you know, I'm really working with them to say, you've got to merge schedules. So that way everybody's doing their schoolwork at the same time, or everybody's having X at the same time instead of, you know, at at 8 a.m. at Susie's school, at 10 p.m. at so-and-so, and and the the kitchen's open every 15 minutes. And any tips on people with those wide span ages of keeping keeping things as stress-free as possible? I mean, first of all, if you've got multi-ages, I would recommend if you're not already weekly or bi-weekly family meeting, talk about the family plan and let everybody weigh into it. So looking at schedules being like, all right, it looks like eight to 10 is going to work well for everybody doing their schooling. What do you think? And just letting everybody have a voice now. And here's the tough part. Cause we might see that the best option is the first option you put out. Everybody needs to be able to put their voice out there and explain why, because sometimes we might not be thinking of something that our kids are thinking of. That's brilliant. Right. So I would recommend week family meetings. Kids aside from preschool can be part of family meetings. Preschool, they just don't have the attention quite yet. Invite them to come for the introduction and then they can leave to go play, but hold family meetings. I mean, make sure that you're all checking in about things and you know, the schedule thing is perfect. Looking at schedules. Okay. Here's what I'm noticing is working. What do you guys think? And just leaving it open. And it's just going to take, and it's a message. I think some, some of the women I'm working with, they don't want to hear it at first, but they realize it is, it's just going to take some extra effort. This Mm -hmm you have to be more concerted and more intentional with how things are going to get done. We just, you can fly by the seat of your pants, but it's going to lead to some serious stresses. Um, Yeah. If not now, definitely it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. And I mean, I don't enjoy that. I'm having to get up earlier than usual. I don't love the amount of like strategic. I feel like I'm like, could be a logistical expert at this point of moving and juggling and shifting things around. But it also is what is creating repeatable scenarios, structure, routine, less uncertainty for everybody that it's worth the effort. Yes. And remember at some point this will end. We don't like at some point it will end and take note of what you're learning in this pandemic. Cause I'm betting you things that you're learning this pandemic or stories that or lessons that you're going to see pop up for a while from now, lessons about yourself and lessons in, in life in general. For sure. All right. How can everybody get, get connected with you particularly? Cause I know I'm going to want to learn more about this program you've got. In the program. So there, I have a group called the connected caregiver on Facebook. Okay. I'll I, put all the links in the show notes for everybody listening to you. I also have a website, danielkent.com. And on that website, there's connected caregiver tab and there's a blog and there's resources. I create free visuals and I put them up on the website and I put all my content either on Facebook and or the website. I try and put it between both so that it's in consistent places. Yeah. And the visuals that you shared both in my group that are up on your website as well, they're gold. And what I loved is my daughter usually doesn't respond well to that. Like if I draw a visual, well, because it wasn't mine. Of somebody else's. Yours suddenly. Mm. And that's all it takes sometimes, right? Yeah, that's all it takes sometimes. Yep, yep. It's like, well, this isn't mine. So if anyone (laughs) is struggling with that, maybe you can (laughs) It's absolutely true. Kids will respond better sometimes to something from another person versus mom or dad. Yep, believe it. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. And I'm thinking, God, I was probably... Yeah, I was, I was kind of that kind of kid too. You know, our parents are nothing, but who else? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Oh, thank you so much for being here today. I just, I get good nuggets from you all the time. And for those of you listening, if you're listening to it right when it comes out, crisis schooling is, is almost over. This is my new like favorite word ever. I'm so, this makes me excited because then I think about the future. Like when we listen back to this, we'll be like, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much, Danielle. It was such a treat to have you here. Yes. Thank you. Getting on top of all things time management, organization, and productivity doesn't have to stop just because this episode is over. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Megan Sumrall, or just open any browser and go to megansumrall.com. If spelling my name is a complete pain, just go to theworklifeharmony.com and grab my free time management cheat sheet. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share it.